Hey there, future friends. I am back. It has been two months. And where have I been? I'm going to tell you not only that information, but I'm going to tell you as usual about all of the movies coming out this week. So please stay tuned and let's discuss some movies. This is Future Flicks with Billiam. everyone welcome to the show that's right i am back it has been over two months now since my last episode and i do want to address that before we get into everything so let's start with something some of you may notice that the that the episode may sound a little different that's because i am back in my parents house my father had a stroke back in april once it happened my wife and i grabbed all the stuff we needed went over to my parents' house, and basically moved back into my old room. So let's talk about that first, and then the audio quality. Uh, my father is doing better. He did survive the stroke, but it seemed like it was a pretty bad one. And while he's getting stronger physically, the verbal part of it just doesn't seem to be coming back at the same pace everything else is. So I took some time off work, and I took some time off of the show too. I told Snarf, Chris, and Critter, and they said, hey, just take all the time you need. And so I did. Next week, I am going back to work, and I decided it's time to come back to the show, because I do miss it. The thing with the audio quality is that my old room has, you know, it's a lot different than the place I record in usually in my house. And I moved all my equipment up, all of it up, and I recorded a whole episode not thinking to pause and listen to what it was sounding like. And it sounded so tinny and hollow, and I hadn't adjusted anything. And I think it was because of, this is a much smaller room, my voice is bouncing around a lot more. Maybe some of the knobs and stuff on my soundboard got bumped around during transit. I don't know. So I grabbed my old mic, my old Blue Yeti, the one that I started with. And for some reason, that one just sounds better in this room. I don't know why. So if you notice a difference in the sound quality, that is why. But I still want to put out the best product I can, so I f***ed around with things a bit, and that's why the episode's late. But my friends, hey, if this is your first episode, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry that you had to start with this one with such bummer news and not, you know, getting straight into it. But you may be asking yourself what it is you're listening to. You, my friend, are listening to Future Flicks with Billiam. On this show, I do one thing, and I like to think I do it pretty damn well, and that is I tell you about all of the movies coming out during the week. I have a couple different resources I use. I find out about all the movies, and I put them into two categories, the first of which is the limited releases. These are movies that aren't getting a wide release or coming to a major streaming service, and also they did nothing to catch my eye. Does it necessarily mean they're bad? No, not really, but... The trailer and the premise didn't sell me on it, so I'm going to ignore this film. In that section, I tell you what the movie is, what it's about, and who's in it. Maybe I'll give a couple thoughts, but then that's it. 
The next section is the wide releases in interesting indies, which is just what it sounds. Every wide release, no matter how bad it looks, and every major streaming release, and all of the indie movies that did catch my eye, that made me go, hey, this could be good. In that section, I tell you what the movie is, what it's about, who's in it, but then I also give you my thoughts on it for show. I'm sorry, I should not never say that again. <laughs> for sure. And then I also give it a score, which I call the Bill score or the Billiams interest level score. I said that backwards. I usually flip it around and it's, it's now weird to me, but you know, we're going to roll with it because it's been two months. I get to do that. Okay. And at the end of that section, I give you a pick of the week, which I say, hey, friends, my, my dear listeners, if you watch one movie this week, this one has the best chance of being good. Now, please remember that I am not a Hollywood insider. I do not see these movies before they come out. I base my my critiques, my judgments 100% off of the trailer and all of the information I can find, like the premise and the cast and all that. Of course, sometimes I am wrong. And of course, sometimes I am right. But then again, I implore you to make up your own mind. I just give you my opinion because, well, it's my show. But never forget to trust your own gut when it comes to movies. You do not need to wait for a critic to tell you what to think. Trust yourself. Oh yeah, we also hate Rotten Tomatoes here. They can go get f***ed. Well, my friends, let us not beat around the bush any longer and jump right into the limited release section with a movie called Scarlet. The emancipation of a woman over 20 years between 1919 and 1939. A time of great inventions and great dreams. If that strangely worded premise didn't give you, uh, it didn't give you the clue, this is a foreign film. This is from France. I bet you if you translate that back to French, it means something a little more poignant, but in English, it just sounds weird. Anyway, uh, this movie looks like it's beautifully shot. It really does. And I almost put it in the next section, but it just looks terribly boring. Next up is a movie called Mending the Line. A Marine wounded in Afghanistan is sent to a VA facility in Montana where he meets a Vietnam vet who teaches him how to fly fish as a way of dealing with his emotional and physical trauma. This stars Sinqua Walls from White Men Can't Jump, the 2023 version, Brian Cox from Succession, Wes Studi from Last of the Mohicans, and Patricia Heaton from Everybody Loves Raymond. And despite that having a pretty good cast, I'm not very familiar with uh, Cinqua Walls, but everyone else is pretty damn good. And to be fair, it looks like Cinqua Walls does a fine job. I do feel bad not putting this in the other section because it is an important topic, you know, veterans getting the help they need, which so many times our government tries to strip them of that, is a very important topic. However, as a movie, this also looks pretty boring. In fact, when I was watching the trailer, I thought it was going to end up being one of those cringy Christian movies. You know, the ones that are only sent to real like mega churches or huge Christian areas. But no, it wasn't one of those. So even though it's not one of those, skip this anyway. Next up, we have a movie that is getting a New York release. Maybe a couple other cities. I only say that because the different websites I use to find out which movies are coming out can't agree on this. One website says New York only, another website says a limited release, but here's the thing, next week, this is getting an LA release, so it does make me think that's New York only, and no matter how good these movies look, I will never put 
almost never put a New York and LA only release in the wide releases section, but also this doesn't look very good. The movie's called Blue Jean. In 1988, a closeted teacher is pushed to the brink when a new student threatens to expose her sexuality. This stars Rosie McEwen from The Alienist. So yes, we do have another very important story. We can't forget the sins of our past, and because of that, movies that talk about those are very important, especially in the 80s when you could have your life ruined if it comes out that you're gay. This does take place in the UK, and yes, a very important topic, but it just looks so boring, so boring, that I would... I would rather just rewatch an LGBTQIA plus movie that I've already seen and liked instead of supporting this new one because it just looks boring. After that is a movie called Americond. How the War on Poverty Became a War Against the Poor. This is a documentary about modern labor unions and the fight for a livable wage. So once again, third movie in a row. This is a documentary, of course, like it says in the premise. But once again, we have an important topic. We have an important topic because people are people are poor and they're working themselves to the bone. We have corporations that are just taking more and more money. We have inflation and we have the average paycheck not rising at the same rate. And we can't do anything about it because a lot of our politicians are in their pockets. Very important topic. And I may actually watch this one day, but I really have a hard time suggesting movies like this, because even if it's something you believe in, if you're not passionate about it, maybe you don't want to watch a movie. Maybe you don't want to spend an hour and a half or however long it is learning about this. You may speak with your vote when it comes out, but as far as your entertainment, maybe this isn't for you. And the final movie in the limited section, we have one called 97 Minutes coming to limited theatrical and video on demand. A hijacked 767 will crash in just 97 minutes. Weird. How do we know that? When its fuel runs out. Against the strong will of NSA Deputy Toyin, NSA Director Hawkins prepares to have the plane shot down before it does any catastrophic damage on the ground, leaving the fate of the innocent passengers in the hands of Alex, an undercover Interpol agent who has been embedded in a terrorist cell. This stars Jonathan Reese Myers from The Tudors, Alec Baldwin from The Departed, Mayanna Burring from The Descent, and Joe Martin from Holby City. No, you've seen this movie before. Just watch Air Force One. Just watch Executive Decision. There are plenty of other movies about hijackings that seem so much better than this. Well, my friends, that is actually the last movie in the limited section, so let us take our break as we hear a word from our friends at the Somewhat Nerdy Radio Podcast, and we're doing fine with Robbie and Lisa. Please stay tuned. Are you looking for a nerd podcast that touches on every walk of nerd culture? Well, look no further. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is the podcast for you. We cover nerd culture, news, new movie reviews, bad movie reviews, video games, comics, with sprinkles of nerdy nostalgia throughout. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is a flagship podcast of the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Find us on every podcast app or stream it on somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. Hi, I'm Lisa. And I'm Robbie. And we host a show called We're, We're Doing, Doing Fine. Fine. We're friends from across the ocean. I'm from Scotland. And I'm from California. Join us every week as we chat about biscuits. You mean cookies. Brexit. Whatever's going on here. Who knows? Almost dying. Why we're single. 
popular culture. And basically everything and anything that can distract us from this postmodern hellscape we're all living in. Because we're, we're doing, doing fine. fine. Alright, there's one note that I forgot to mention at the beginning of the episode. It's that Avatar The Way of Water is coming to Disney+. Plus. It came out yesterday on the 7th. I'm recording this on the 8th. So if you didn't see it in theaters, now is your chance to watch it. It was actually pretty good. I, I still just don't think that it's going to be worth the wait. Of course, I'm going to go see them anyway. So basically, yes, James Cameron is going to get his wish that to get butts in seats, but we'll see. So with the wide releases and interesting indies, we're starting with one called Dolly Land. This is a limited release. In 1973, a young gallery assistant goes on a wild adventure behind the scenes as he helps the aging genius Salvador Dali prepare for a big show in New York. This stars Ben Kingsley from Gandhi, Barbara Sokoa from Lola, Rupert Graves from Sherlock, the TV show, Suki Waterhouse from Daisy Jones and the Six, Andrea Pejic, I think, from The Girl in the Spider's Web, Ezra Miller from Being a Gigantic Bastard, and introducing Christopher Briney as the gallery assistant. I would recommend this one if you're either a big fan of Salvador Dali or if you saw the movie Love and Mercy with John Cusack, Paul Dano, and Elizabeth Banks, and you said, hey, I want something more along that line. And Paul Giamatti, too, was in it. Because it's not a super similar story, but there are ways where it crosses over, because in Dolly Land, we have the implication that his manager or someone is taking advantage of his declining mental health. And with the Beach Boys and Brian Wilson's real-life story that the movie talked about, we had his manager purposefully keeping him f***ed in the head with medication and stuff, like the wrong medication, so he could be in control of the Beach Boys' legacy and all the money and everything. Fantastic film, infuriating, but fantastic and ultimately uplifting. If you've never seen it, check it out. Love and Mercy. But Dolly Land gives me similar vibes. Kind of like if Love and Mercy and Almost Famous had a baby. That's that's how Dolly Land makes me feel. I do think this looks good. Am I going to put a lot of effort into seeing it? No, not really. There's other movies out there that I still haven't seen. So I'll give Dolly Land a 6.5 out of 11. After that, we have a movie called The Angry Black Girl and Her Monster, limited theatrical release and video-on-demand release. A young black woman's brother gets gunned down and she desperately attempts to cure death. This stars Laya Delon Hayes from The Equalizer TV Show, Denzel Whitaker from The Great Debaters, and Chad L. Coleman from The Expanse. I did have a question about this one because it is produced by Shudder, and I didn't know if by VOD... It meant that it was coming to Shudder this week, or if it meant it was coming to rentable VOD, like for money and stuff, and then later going to Shudder. Because I know all of these movies I talk about on the show eventually do come out on Shudder, but I don't know the timing because I'm not a member. So I reached out to Shudder, and the only way to contact them, unless you have an issue with your service, is through Twitter or Facebook, they say. So I reached out through Twitter, never heard back, so thanks a lot, guys. But yes, I do think this movie looks good. It will eventually come out on Shudder, so that's a bonus. But this is, yes, a retelling of Frankenstein. And oddly enough, it is movies like this which gives me hope that when people say, oh, there's nothing original left in Hollywood, that they're just being stupid. Because even though it is a retelling, it's a fresh take on it, and especially one that has 
a lot to do with our modern climate because it's about a young black man being shot, though he's not gunned down by the police. It wasn't a gang altercation. But still, it also shines a light on the gun problem in America. And it doesn't look like some shot-for-shot remake of films that came before it. So it looks like it's taking inspiration from, but also kind of going its own way, just like Fleetwood Mac. Remember, friends, whenever anyone bitches and says there's nothing original left out there just because the next Fast and Furious movie came out or just because another Marvel movie came out, you can tell them to shut the f*** up because there's plenty of stuff coming out that is original or at least as original as can be. Because look at Scarlet, which we talked about earlier in the show, the movie about a woman who gets emancipated over 20 years. That, even though it sounds really boring, does sound interesting. So there are, or at least somewhat original movies coming out, you just need to look. Did I go off on a rant and forget to finish talking about Angry Black Girl and her monster? I think I did. Well, I do think this looks good. It looks like your standard straight-to-VOD, but shutter quality straight-to-VOD, which isn't that bad. So check this out one day. I don't think you need to see this this week unless you're really down for a Frankenstein retelling. The Angry Black Girl and Her Monster gets a 7.5 out of 11. My future friends, if my voice sounds a little weird suddenly, it's because I got distracted and got pulled away to help around it around the house here and forgot I was recording and drank a bunch of soda. So now I'm super phlegmy. Usually on recording days, I avoid milk and soda, and it usually does a good job of keeping my voice uh, nice, but now uh, too late for that. My friends, we have two movies to talk about, and the final movie that's not the pick of the week is called Transformers Rise of the Beasts. This is the only nationwide release. During the 90s, a new faction of Transformers, the Maximals, joins the Autobots as allies in the battle for Earth. This stars Anthony Ramos from Hamilton and features the voices of, in no particular order, Michelle Yeoh, Pete Davidson, Coleman Domingo, Peter Dinklage, Cristo Fernandez, Ron Perlman, John DiMaggio, and Optimus Prime himself, Peter Cullen. So if you've ever been around the block with us here on Somewhat Nerdy, because remember, I am part of the Somewhat Nerdy Radio Podcast Network, or just Podcast Network, not radio. But if, you're, if you've been around for a while and you've listened to our shows, you may know that we have a hate-hate relationship with Michael Bay, where we just don't like him. In fact, at one point in our history, our website went down for, a, God, was it a week, a month? I, I can't remember how long it went down. We were attacked. And we went down and we were joking that it was Michael Bay because he was tired of us talking shit about him. So now that I caught you up, I hated the Transformers movies. I really did. I thought the first one was pretty good. Wasn't great, but it was pretty good. And Bumblebee was surprisingly good. But of course, Michael Bay did not have his hands all up in Bumblebee. I think he was a producer, but maybe producer in name only. But the others, I, I gave it an honest shot. I didn't watch the last one. But the other ones I tried to watch, and they were just horrible. Like, I like some bad movies. I do. And I can appreciate a bad movie and call it a bad movie and still have fun. But the Transformers movies were so, so soul-suckingly terrible that I I couldn't enjoy them at all. This one, I'm still gun-shy. We got one good one. We got Bumblebee. And now this. And especially because it seems like they're f***ing with Beast Wars. And don't you f*** with Beast Wars. 
Because if you remember Beast Wars, it was like the Transformers landed on prehistoric Earth or something that seemed like prehistoric Earth because they had dinosaurs and shit. And since they didn't have cars to turn into, they turned into dinosaurs and animals and stuff. Actually, there were only a couple dinosaurs, but mainly animals and stuff. Like Optimus was a gorilla, but now Optimus and the gorilla are different. I think Bumblebee was Cheetor. I think I, I think that there was a, a one-to-one crossover for all of the main ones. But now they're bringing him in as part of this story where it's it just seems like they took this idea going, hey, 90s, 80s and 90s kids loved kids, adults, loved Beast Wars. Maybe we should bring these characters in, but just ignore the original story altogether and do whatever we want. They'll give us more money, right? And of course, some people will, because honestly, I don't know why people go and see the Transformers movies. I, I, I can't even grasp it. Why do people love Fast and the Furious movies? I can grasp that. Hell, I can understand the Twilight movies. I can understand the Fifty Shades of Grey movies. I didn't like them, but I can understand it. I just don't understand this. And I'm hesitant because this looks good. The thing with Dark Side of the Moon or whatever that one was called and uh, Age of Extinction and all the other ones is they didn't even look enjoyable. This one does. Michael Bay hopefully doesn't have his hands all through it, but I'm still hesitant and that's why I am giving Transformers Rise of the Beasts a 6 out of 11. My future friends, the final movie and the pick of the week is Flamin' Hot. This is coming to Hulu and Disney+. Plus. This is the inspiring true story of Richard Montañez, who, as a Frito-Lay janitor, disrupted the food industry by channeling his Mexican heritage to turn Flamin' Hot Cheetos from a snack into an iconic global pop culture phenomenon. This stars Jesse Garcia from Narcos Mexico, Annie Gonzalez from Gentrified, Emilio Rivera from Mayans MC, Dennis Haysbert from 24, Tony Shaloub from Monk, Matt Walsh from Veep, and Bryce Gonzalez from Lopez vs. Lopez. So yes, this is coming out on Hulu and Disney+, Plus, which later this year are supposed to be emerging. Hopefully that will save us all money, but let's be honest, they're probably just going to double the price so they can keep all the money. But you know, how else are these mega corporations going to keep all of their money? But anyway, this does look good. This looks like a based on a true story type of movie that's going to make you feel good. It's going to make you laugh a little. And it's going to teach you something about one of your maybe favorite snacks. I grew up in a very Mexican heavy area in in all of my schools the majority of students were Mexican. So I just grew up with Flamin' Hot Cheetos being a normal thing. But then even going to events, it seemed like a no-brainer that why didn't this come up before? Just because at some of these events, you get your little bag of Doritos, which aren't Doritos. The chips are these little wheat, fried wheat things that turn into like a chip type thing. And then you put lime juice and hot sauce on it, I think. It's been so long since I had any. Just please let me know if I got this wrong. And I do remember it being a delicious snack. So why not apply that to Cheetos? Duh! Now Flaming Hot Cheetos are a worldwide phenomenon. So this is going to teach us about uh, a little about the man who invented them and how he invented them. How accurate is it? I really don't know. And when it comes to a movie like this, how much do we really care? Because there's probably a documentary out there that you can watch if you're truly interested in the actual events. But when you watch a movie like this, you want to watch something entertaining that may also have a little bit of knowledge in it. So you can go, hey, I learned something. This looks funny 
it looks like a good time. And best of all, it's coming to two different streaming services, one of which you probably have access to. So that's why it's a pick of the week for me. Flamin' Hot gets an 8 out of 11. Well, my future friends, thank you. Thank you for tuning in as I return from my hiatus. Uh, I hope that I won't have any more pauses for the foreseeable future. So as always, please like and subscribe wherever you are. You can rate my podcast on Apple Podcasts and also on Spotify. If you need to know how to rate something on Spotify, please let me know or use Google. Share your podcast with your friends, please, please, please. I really appreciate it. If you're one of the people who found me during the hiatus, welcome. I hope you stick around. Be sure to check out the friends of the show. They're always oh so supportive, and I can't thank them enough. The Somewhat Nerdy Radio podcast, and we're doing fine with Robbie and Lisa. My friends, I will see you next week where it's Future Flix's eighth anniversary. We're not going to do anything super special, maybe just have a word from a few friends, but that's about it. It's going to be a normal show. And my future friends, please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billiam from Somewhat Nerdy signing off, and I'll see you in the future.